Hey everybody, we have a new sponsor and a special deal for our listeners of Karen Isn't Always Right. If you have any photos or documents that you need to scan, or videotapes, audio tapes, or film reels that you need to import, you should check out avgearguy.com. If you mention the name, Karen Isn't Always Right, when you order, you're going to get 5% off and a portion of your order is going to help support the podcast, Karen Isn't Always Right. All of those formats degrade over time and are sitting ducks in the case of fire or theft. Why not convert it all to digital? All your memories can be stored safely on the cloud or even a hard drive that fits in your pocket. AV Gear Guy has over 30 years of experience with all kinds of media and they can accept orders from anywhere in the U.S. Don't forget to mention the name of Karen Isn't Always Right and get 5% off. For more details and to book, visit their website at avgearguy.com. That's avgearguy.com. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Karen Isn't Always Right. Today's guest comes to us from LA. I've got Tyler on, and uh, Tyler and I worked together out here in Colorado uh, back in 2013 for, oh, I think it was he may say he's a he's mediocre. He, he stands out in my mind as, as one of the best uh, managers that's ever worked for me. So, um, and I would now consider him a really good friend. He's very, very intelligent and very charismatic. And, uh, and this is just a, a really good conversation. I enjoyed it a lot. Uh, just a heads up, uh, this is done over Skype. This is one of the, the first ones done via Skype. Uh, so there's lots of pops and stuff like that. I really did try to clean it up. But uh, any of you listeners uh, that have been around for a little bit know my post-production experience is pretty lame. So, hang in there with me. You know, you may have to turn your volume up and down or whatever, but suck it up, buttercups. Here we go. Hey, Tyler. How's it going? Hey, good. How are you? Good. good. Thanks for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. That so uh, tell tell everybody kind of who you are and what you're about a little bit. Um, well, I am 27 years old. I've been in the theater industry for about 10 years. Uh, started off as a, a pizza face usher and worked my way up um, into management, and then uh, along the way, I've worked in a pub and a brewery and a few other places uh, here or there sprinkled in. So Awesome. That's pretty yeah. cool. Uh, how do we know each other? Uh, so you were my boss for uh, two locations, but a collective of, I believe, three years. Yeah. Yeah, somewhere, somewhere around there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, so for the, for the audience, I tell the story all the time, but for the audience, I'm going to share a, a quick little story about the first time I ever met Tyler because um, it just cracks me up, and it speaks to uh, – how much he underestimates himself, but when when I first met Tyler, he was one of my assistants manager. And uh, when he introduced himself, he uh, he was like, "Hey, Mr. Frog, I'm Tyler, and I'm gonna be the best the best mediocre manager you ever had." And uh, he has by far exceeded uh, that representation of himself as the years went on to the point where he's been promoted uh, multiple times. And uh, he's a guy that I have a lot of respect for, and, and I'm just really uh, appreciative of the fact that you're on here to kind of your experiences. So, yeah, it's been it's been good, and you're missed uh, <laughs> out here. So thank you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so 
you know, you're actually kind of instrumental in, in helping me get this podcast started, at least with, uh, you know, I ran the, you were one of the very first people I ran the idea past and ran the name past and stuff like that. So I want to thank you for that as well. Yeah, so, um, okay. So, so the, the title of, of this podcast is Karen isn't always right. So when, when you think of a Karen, uh, what, what image pops into your head? Uh, you know, Karen is a, uh, middle-aged woman, uh, with a pixie cut. Drives a minivan, um, has two kids who she didn't probably raise to be the quietest or the most respectful kids, um, and will blame you for those mistakes. <laughs> those are that's that's what comes to mind when I think of a Karen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But but we can all probably agree that um, in fairness, uh, Karen isn't always a woman, nope. and uh, and doesn't always match that description. Uh, yeah, if it's I, male, we like to call them Darrens sometimes. Darrens. Yeah. Okay. Haven't heard of that. That's a good one, though. Yeah, someone uh, that was on uh, the other day uh, told me that one, so I thought that was pretty pretty good. Um, so, yeah, it's just somebody that ev- evokes an image of, of somebody who's just unrealistic in their concerns, complaints, whatever you want to call it, and it's pretty much going to make you hear about it, right? Right, yeah. yeah. Someone yeah. Who's, who's mad and, and wants it to be known, um, regardless of how they're the situation really is. Yeah. 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 Any, any moments that stand out in your career? Um, I would, I guess it would probably be the first real instance where I interacted with a guest that was kind of like this. Um, there's a lady who, um, ordered a hot dog from her concession stand. Uh, I was the concessionist who served it to her. Um, you know, we pre, pre-roll up our hot dogs and everything like that, you know, so I, I just, you grab it from the warmer and you give it to them. Uh, two minutes later, she comes back walking around the counter, uh, takes the hot dog and chucks it at me. Uh, thumps right on my chest, falls down on the floor, and uh, all she says is, the bun is stale or something effect, and uh, I was getting visibly angry. Um, because I like I that was the first time I ever interacted with someone that had no care in the world for, or I guess to treat me like a human being. Mm-hmm. Didn't care at all who I was. I was beneath her, um, and so that that just got me real riled up. You know, like you could have just come and told me that the bun was stale. I could have made you a new one, um, but no, throwing it right at my chest seemed with condiments and all seemed like a better choice so uh, yeah yeah it's amazing how someone can have the audacity and and to to do something like that without any fear of retribution or consequences or anything like that it blows my mind it would never occur to me to throw something at me, no matter how upset i might be you know? right yeah just, and in today's day and age if an employee did that to a guest they're going to, you know, get charged for assault or this or that, yeah, yeah. you know? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure. And lose their job, for sure. Yeah. Uh, it reminds me of a um, story of when I was working in Boulder, Colorado, <clears throat> and um, the location I worked at hadn't been open for very – it was literally the first week we were open, and there was a coupon for a, a free 46-ounce uh, popcorn, which is a small popcorn. And, and – uh, for those who don't know, Boulder is a, it's an interesting little community, um, very aesthetically pleasing, um, but the people are interesting. 
um, I suppose to say the least. Um, and this particular customer had this coupon and when presented it to the employee, the employee gave them the small popcorn and the employee looked at it and basically, I think they said, this isn't 46 fucking ounces and then threw it at the employee's head. And in their mind, they expected uh, 46 ounces by weight instead of 46 ounces by volume. Yeah. Um, which is a dramatic difference. Yes. <laughs> I mean, if you're going to get a 46 ounce by weight popcorn, I mean, you're going to be hauling out a trash bag full of popcorn, I think. I don't yeah. know. I haven't done, haven't done the weight, actually. But I mean, that, it's so, and that was years and years ago. And it's, it's mind blowing to me to think that people would still even think of doing something like that. Um, you know, but it wouldn't be okay to punch him in the throat or right. her in your case. Yeah. yeah. Um, but you know, so what do you think? Uh, what do you think causes people to be like that? To be okay with that? Um, you know, I don't know. I uh, it's a good question. I think uh, a lot of it is just frustration um, built up over time, um, and they see someone in a uniform um, who. It's just there to get a paycheck, you know, someone younger than them most like most of the time I feel like is when um, those scenarios happen. Um, but it doesn't even happen then, so that, that can't be the reason. Because um, it still happens to me with people who are younger than me, and I'm sure you've experienced that yourself as well. Mm. Um, I think maybe it's taught over time, people letting it go by. Um, you know, you have customers... Uh, who treat people in the service industry poorly and we reward them for it. We, we apologize and we give them uh, gifts to make them happier um, after they've acted this way. And so they go, oh, so this is normal. Uh, this is a normal way to act and this is acceptable. And so let's keep doing it. We, I get rewarded for it. So why wouldn't I do this? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's definitely positive reinforcement, and I've been guilty of that, both, and and mostly in an attempt to just try to do my job, um, <clears throat> and that you know things come from above, and that we're told to you know make sure that the customers are happy and do whatever you got to do, um, and things of that nature. And I was talking to somebody recently on a different episode about um, how you know there's so many I've read so many uh, books on customer service and business and things like that and everything that you read nowadays talks about you know the customer is always right and so on and so forth and you need to do whatever you got to do to hold on to your to your customers well the problem is is that everybody reads these books or everybody has heard this everybody has heard the customer is always right correct yeah and so um so not only are people in business reading this so that they understand how to satisfy their customers, but customers have read this as well because they're in business or they've heard whatever. And so then they've heard it enough times. It's like if you tell a lie enough times, you believe the lie. And, well, this is kind of one of those things because we all know, I mean, the title of this podcast is Karen Isn't Always Right, which is me trying to be clever, but really to making a point in that the customer isn't always right. They might think they're always right, but they're just they're just not. It's very difficult, I think, in today's day and age to figure out a way to diplomatically tell someone that they're not. You know what I mean? So when you're in those situations, like, you know, we've worked together uh, for a bit. Like, how do you 
how, how do you reconcile that? Like, how do you try to do what the companies need to do, but then also, you know, do what's right in your own mind and try not to necessarily positively reinforce bad behavior? Um, well, that that can be difficult sometimes, depending on the company you work for. Some companies, you know, they they give you that motto, you know, when the uh, when the customer, not the argument. Um, uh, and so, uh, it's a it's a tightrope that you're walking on. Um, I think I think you just have to uh, go at it uh, from an angle, saying, "All right, well, let me understand." A little bit more where you're coming from because um, a lot of the time sometimes the people just want to hear or they want to be heard um, but sometimes they they just want something from you um, which you can't give them um, so you can try and reason with them um, but sometimes those guests just don't want to be reasoned with so I'm trying to think of uh, there was a lady who uh, claimed that my uh, employees stole uh, her credit card, um, or I believe it was a prepaid credit card, because uh, she was saying there was ten thousand dollars on it, which I don't think that's even possible. I don't think people uh, have preloaded cards with ten thousand dollars, and if you did, why don't you have that stapled to your body? Like, how are you <laughs> letting go of that thing? Um, but she was, I, she might have been on something else as well, but. I was trying to reason with her. I was like, look, I even disrupted the guests um, to ask them to move so I could look for it. It's not there. Um, if you want to wait until after the show, we can look together. Um, yeah, let's double check the restrooms, everything. And she wasn't having it. Um, and she said, well, my cousin worked here before and she used to steal from people all the time, which already tells me that she's a very trustworthy person. Very credible. Um, yeah, very credible. Um, and... Uh, if you 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 guys are going to do this to me, uh, if you're going to steal from me, then I'm going to steal from you. And then she runs down dark and says she's saying starts stealing candy, uh, merchandise, and and proceeds to walk out the door. Um, so like sometimes there's people who you just can't please, mm-hmm. um, and you just have to you know be like you know ha- end up upsetting them. Kind of there's that tough love that sometimes people need to have. Um, Maybe in her case, that was a little bit more extreme, but yeah, um, yeah. I don't, I don't know if there is a a solution, a, a good solution. I think you have to take it on a case by case basis. Oh, sure. Definitely, yeah. 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 I don't know what what experience have you have you had? <laughs> Were you so, trying to win both the customer, but also let make them realize that they're wrong? Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, it's funny because the, the story you just told me reminded me of one, um, maybe it's a California thing, but I remember uh, running a location out in California way back in the late 90s. And this is when we still had film projectors. And, you know, it was, it was late at night. And so all the, the last round of movies was running. And I remember I was in the office counting money. And then one of my assistants comes into the office and she's like projector number six just went down and i was like oh shit and so you know i'm trying to fix this and then you know we're both trying to fix it i thought she had gone to make an announcement but maybe that happened a little bit later but ultimately what ended up happening i'm trying to fix the projector she runs downstairs and all of the customers were in the concession stand ransacking the concession stand had literally broken into the cabinets because everything was locked up 
So she runs back upstairs to tell me, like, what's going on. So I run, but we get the projector fixed. But before starting, I run back downstairs, and everybody's sitting in the auditorium, but they're all, they've all got snacks, yeah. you know. And I'm, I'm just, I'm so mind blown that this has even happened. And I don't even know, like, I don't even, I've never experienced anything like that. So I don't even know what to say at first. And I'm, so I'm telling everybody, I was like, well, you know, obviously your movie went down. And I guess because the manager and I were the only people in the building. So I think it had been down for a hot second before we became aware of it because they didn't have, we're up, we're upstairs. And this is before the days where we have somebody down, you know, on the floor at all times. And uh, and so they were really pissed because they couldn't get in touch with anybody to let them to let us know that the movie was down. And so they're telling me this in the auditorium, and I'm like, "Why is everybody ransacking my concession stand?" They're like, "Well, maybe if you fucking be down here, then we'd be able to tell you." And it's like, "Well, okay, that doesn't really give you the right to ransack my concession stand. It's still a bunch of shit." But now I'm in this position where we're held accountable for inventory, you know, back then, and I can't just go take everything from them, or that's going to turn into a situation. And so I made the, I had to just make this decision and just write off everything. And I was like, "Well, you all have it now, so you're welcome, but I at least need to know what you took." You know, and that's yeah. so awkward to literally go. For, and there's probably 30 people. What did you sell? What did you steal? Exactly. You yeah. <laughs> yeah yes. Exactly. I'm like Oprah up in this bitch. Thank you. You get a Welcome. Twizzler. You yeah. Get, yeah. <laughs> so uh, that was just a, that was just a weird situation. I kind of want to share because that lady reminded me of it. But uh, as far as like having to, to find that balance of, um, like where do you how do you find that line? And, you know, it, I think it's tough because. There's I, I, I've lost track, honestly, of how many times there's been in my career where I really don't feel like I owe the customer anything. We didn't necessarily do anything wrong, but they're clearly upset. Sometimes it comes down to like enforcing a policy, you know, and so, you know, as I've told uh, everybody that really that's come on this this podcast, uh, you know, policies that we don't necessarily management agree with, but it's my company, you know, and I, I need to just enforce these policies. Um and so, it, it, you know, I've had people who show up for uh, the wrong movie, you know, so they're, they want a 12 o'clock movie, they show up at um, whatever, 1 o'clock. Uh, no, that's not right. They, they just have the wrong, the wrong time. They show up, yeah. and so they show up at the wrong time. But somehow it's our fault. Well, I didn't make the mistake, but, you know, in the interest of, you know, their own convenience and trying to keep them happy and so on and so forth, I've given them passes to go see the right movie or I've given them a refund even though we don't technically give refunds after a movie is started or something like that and it, it does it irks me you know because I, I like you said we're positively reinforcing this negative behavior and they have this sense of entitlement of even though they've made the mistake you owe me something yeah. and so that's frustrating although on the flip side of that I've had I got a complaint once where a lady got she sent it her friend actually sent in the complaint about being called out for having her cell phone out and she went on and on and on in her in her email about how we made her feel like a child and, you know, how dare we interrupt her movie and embarrass her in front of her friend, you know, so on and so forth. And that was one of the situations where I actually did not do anything. It's like, look, you know, we clearly state in our policies and our and our ad before the, the movie even starts that you shouldn't have your cell phone out. And it's just common knowledge, you know. This, yeah. That policy's been around for years. So because you feel dumb simply because an usher came up and told you to please put your phone away. That ain't my fault, you know. Yeah. So plus eighty percent, ninety percent of the other people in that theater probably were uh, glad that you did it. They would be oh, behind yeah. you in that. Yeah. Yeah. Could go take a poll, and they'd probably everyone would side with you on that one. Yeah. Yeah. Did you ever hear that? Uh, there's another theater company 
this fairly well know, but they basically took a phone call from a girl who called into their corporate office yelling and screaming and telling them to go fuck themselves because she was totally kicked out for using her cell phone in the movie. They used her voicemail as their their policy ad for putting cell phones away. Oh, yeah. The, uh, Alamo Draft House, I think, yeah. is the one. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Really uh, I like that one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they just, they have sack and they, they, you know, for their for what they think is right but i think the problem sometimes is that there's there's a lot of gray area you know for for different theater companies you know different organizations who their their main goal is to appease their customers and unfortunately that puts um its workforce in a bind and a pickle sometimes when you're trying to balance the two the two things right yeah and i think that's the key there too like i wouldn't want you know when i first heard about the the premise of this podcast um and for the people that are listening, maybe just that's what they want to hear is a, a, a bitch fest where we just talk about all the shitty scenarios we, we ended up in. Um, but truly, as a customer service uh, employee or, or owner-operator, you know, the goal is to make everyone happy. You want people to come back to your business. You want to make everyone happy. You're a customer in other, uh, other operations, so you, you know you also expect that to enjoy your experience or your food or whatever it is that you've come um, to, to enjoy. But um, at the same time, like these, these businesses have to run a profitable operation. And if you let everyone get away with everything or you excuse everybody all the time, then that business doesn't become profitable, you know, sure. um, refund everyone for every little mistake or everything that someone doesn't like. And then you're giving away everything. Or if you um, uh, it, make excuse, exceptions for everybody, then um, then there's then it's just case. There's no order. Um, and so sometimes you have to you have to not make everybody happy, and and then those lead into these Karen, you know, type customers. So yeah, yeah, yeah for real. And I'm guilty of it. You know, I err on the side of just, look, I'm not trying to buy off the customer, but, you know, sometimes you just you get yelled at so many times in your career that you're, <laughs> that you're just tired, and uh, and it's like, look, I can either see here and can have this interaction, and it's going to escalate, and then it's not going to get resolved, and then they're going to complain to the corporate office, and then it's going to get kicked back to me again anyway, where I'm ultimately going to just have to do what I could have just done to begin with. you know. And that's the cycle that I personally get caught in is like, I mean, look, I, you know, I, can roll, I can roll the dice, and I can try to stand my ground on this situation, and they may just take it, and they'll go away, and, and it is what it is, or it'll, you know, I'm going to get snake eyes, and it's going to go up the chain. And then get kicked again, get kicked back to me. And now I've got to not only do I have to deal with it again, but I have to explain to people above me why didn't I just figure out a way to resolve it to begin with? Right. You know? right. And then that's that's the problem I run into a lot, and why, like uh, Danny, you know Danny, he uh, he called me soft the other day, and it's like, yeah. well, bro, I don't know, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> like, <laughs> not everybody can be as tough as you know. Yeah. So. They, uh, I recently went to a pizzeria out here in Los Angeles, and um, it's owned or the, the owner is there almost every day, and he's this really uh, charismatic guy. But he, um, um, I was with a friend who has to uh, eat gluten free at a pizza place, 
um, and they make their dough fresh there. Um, but he recently added gluten-free dough to the menu. Um, and when she ordered it, he was like, oh, you know, like, yeah, we just added it. Like, I want to hear what your, your thoughts are and stuff. And he's like, but if you like it, we don't make it in-house, so you can't blame me, you know, or whatever. And, <laughs> but he said it so casually and so uh, charismatically that he, you know, you just couldn't help love him in that situation. So I don't know, maybe his uh, uh, being proactive and saying don't blame me later it was helpful. I don't know. But um, I thought that that was funny. Even an owner of a pizzeria, which is actually pretty well known out here, it's like on the top five stars for everything um and that he has that kind of knee-jerk reaction of well but if you don't like it don't blame me right i think some people have a natural charisma too where they can get away with a little bit more with customers because they just they just have that charisma and people buy into it and they're just they just kind of walk away going i don't know how that just happened but i'm okay i'm cool where i don't know if i have that as much as i try as much as i think i might sometimes um I, I've put myself in situations where I think I, I've made things worse. I think overall I'm, I'm, I'm fine with, you know, my, my customer service skills are all right. But, um, but I, you know, I think some people just have a bit of a more natural charismatic attribute to them, you know? So. Yeah. Well, and I wonder, um, you know, those, those types of people can get away with it. But I guess what I want to know is, where are all these customers coming from? Where are where are the Karens? What develops the Karens to be, who or Darrens, whoever? Karen, Karen-y. Um, What makes them so Kareny? You know, like uh, there's got to be more of us, more of the people who've worked in the service industry, um, which again is why I think this podcast could be really successful. Is there's a there's probably a huge audience for this because, I mean. I, or at least at one point, everyone's worked in the customer service industry, whether it be retail, food service, uh, what, whatever, um, movie theaters, all that stuff. Like, uh, we, it, there's more of us out there, and we know what it's like. So, are these the same people who have experienced these things, and they're like, oh, now it's my turn. Like, I can finally be that shitty person to them. Or, or are these are there people? There are enough of these people out there who have been uh, born and raised and gone through life without ever having to deal with a customer service interaction where they're on the receiving end, where they're the one trying to help the guests. Yeah. It just blows my mind. There should be, there's, there's no, there should be no excuse, there, mm. you know, unless you were born with a silver spoon in your, in your mouth. Well, and I think that's the thing. There's lots to unpack there, but I think. Uh, the first part, I think if anybody hasn't worked in the, the service industry and they're an asshole, should, should be court-ordered to work, you know, as a server at a restaurant or work in a movie or whatever, you know, and have to deal with some of the things that we have to deal with from time to time. Because it is it, – it can be pretty terrible from time to time, you know. There's, there's some just shitty people out there. But I also think that people forget um, – I mean, good Lord, I've been a Karen before without even meaning to. I have a good friend that's going to be coming on this uh, podcast uh, in a few weeks. And the whole reason is because she even admitted on Facebook that she had a Karen moment. And then I reached out to her. We went to high school together. I reached out to her. I was like, do you want to come on and share that? Because she's even in customer service. And I think sometimes you get caught up in a moment and you can forget 
yeah. you know, what it's like. I do try to be really, really mindful of it, though. It's been a long time since I've had a, a moment like that. But um, but I still think it can be easy when you're caught up in a, in a situation and you're frustrated because of, I don't know, 40 million other things that are going on in life. Um, and then things, you know, in this particular situation just aren't going well. But I don't think I don't think it's that hard to be conscious and mindful of these kinds of, of that behavior. Like I'll give you an example. This is going to be TMI for a lot of people, but I think it's funny. So I went to Ashley and I, my wife and I went to uh, B-dubs, um, I don't know, three or four weeks ago to watch the games. And uh, so while we were there, I'd been needing to take a dump for a while, right? It took me like four trips to the bathroom. They only have one stall in that bathroom. It took me like four trips to that bathroom before the stall was finally open. Finally, I go in there, do my business, and I look over. There's no toilet paper, okay? And it's even one of those dual roll things. None. I'm like, dude. And there's a, I see feet next to me at the, stall, at the urinal. So I'm like, yo, bro. I was like, can you help a dude out? He ignored me. And I'm like, okay, shit. Yeah. So he leaves. So now I have a decision to make. I don't. Have, of course, I don't have my phone. Of all times, not have my phone with me to be able to text Ashley to get somebody to get me. So I make this decision. I waddle out to go get paper towels. No paper towels. So now I'm seriously in a pickle. There's no toilet paper. There's no paper towels. It's decision time. So. I literally pull my pants up and go out there, and I go up to the podium where the host is standing, and I'm like, hey, man, the bathroom's out of toilet paper and paper towels. And he looks at me. He's like, all right. And I'm like, I don't think you understand the seriousness of the situation right now. You're out of both right now, and I'm standing here, and I was just using the bathroom. He's like, oh, okay. And I was like, yeah. Yeah. So I go back in the bathroom and I'm just like standing there, right? And like this one dude comes in and he like he goes to the bathroom and he goes to wash his hands. I was like, yeah, they're out of paper towels. He goes, oh, and I was like, they're out of toilet paper too. He goes, guess you're using your sock. <laughs> yeah. Like, so finally the guy comes back in. But anyway, I tell that story to illustrate like that's a moment where I know that if I, that had happened at my theater, that customer, if it had been it like yeah. me would have lost their mind on me. And that was a moment where I, I could have made a decision to do something like that. I could have completely freaked out on these people, but it's like, first of all, it's just gonna draw attention to a really nasty situation, but and an embarrassing one. Mm-hmm. But secondly, it's just not gonna it's just not gonna accomplish anything. You know what right. I mean? So obviously an extreme example, but I also think that a lot of it comes down to, um, and, and the theme has really been the sort of the age of entitlement that we live in. Um, and like someone likened, you know, a Karen to, you know, your soccer mom participation trophy type mentality um, that has kind of become prevalent in the last probably 10, 15 years, really. Helicopter parenting kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Exactly. Um, and it's tough because, you know, it, how do you give people perspective really about how they're being without pissing them off other than to do something, I guess, like what I'm doing here. Right. Or, yeah. Maybe, maybe the Karens of the world will listen. I feel really bad for a anybody who's named Karen nowadays because that meme really took off. Yeah. Um, but then any woman who chooses to have that haircut anymore really needs to make better life decisions, I think. Yeah, or they need to be so sweet that it offsets their uh, appearance. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah, exactly. people, my, my butt cheeks just tighten real quick when I see a haircut walk, like that walk through my doors. So, mm-hmm. yeah. 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 I'm ready. On the defensive. Uh, 
So when when someone on your team hand, like mishandles a Karen, how do you how do you coach them or how do you how do you deal with that? Um, uh, usually at that point, I try to save the situation as best I can myself, um, and then I just go back and coach them one on one on you know all right, walk me through what happened. Um, I'm gonna be you, you be the that guest. Um, and then I try to help them see what a better be a diplomat, you know, in those sorts of situations. Yeah. But, uh, a lot of the times, a lot of the times when, uh, one of my employees can't win the guest, um, there are situations where I'm like, you did the best. I don't like, I guess they're, they were just here to be mad. Like Mm -hmm. there's not much more we can do. Um, you know, everyone out here has a lawyer and has claimed that they're going to use their lawyer, uh, but I have yet to receive one from a guest, a few from employees, but um, never from never from a guest actually saying that they're going to uh, come back and, and sue the place and actually uh, go through with it. So, yeah, um, the, the best is the uh, the service animals that are obviously not service animals mm-hmm. um, and the, the emotional support dogs and you know, all I'm sure they do a lot of great work uh, not not technically covered under service animal um, especially when they're ones that aren't potty trained and then you know uh, end up taking yeah. a dump on your floor yeah. and yeah things like that so th- those are that's probably the most common situation I, I run into so my building is uh, located in Playa Vista, which is, they call it the Silicon Beach, because um, that's where a lot of the tech industries are doing their second um, secondary offices from Silicon Valley. Um, and everyone down there has uh, a dog and entitlement. You know? And money. So they, and money. Yeah. So the amount of time, I, I've heard at least three times in, in a little over a year of being there, uh, well, I could buy this theater and please do. And then just fire me, put me out of my misery. Like, I don't know. Um, but, uh, yeah, yeah. The, the money then, and, and yeah, yeah, is, I think a breeding ground for those sorts of situations as well. For real. I think the, the worst locations with regard to customer service, uh, stuff have been in wealthier areas for sure. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. cause the money and for whatever reason, money just seems to breed, um, anger and, and, and negativity and stuff like that. It's like, man, if I had as much, if I had enough money to quote unquote buy this place, I don't think I'd be real unhappy about anything, but maybe, but I guess money doesn't buy happiness. I just, I don't know. Um, well, I think too, is maybe they're in jobs that are just as stressful, if not much more. Um, and so they're ready to take it out on someone, you know, um, and they have that money. So, but those, the jobs that make a lot of money are probably pretty stressful jobs, I would imagine. Well, I, you know, I've never had a job like that, but I, I, I certainly think that my job can be stressful. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, I don't know. It's all relative, I guess. Um, but I've never, I've never been so stressed with my – I mean, you work with me at, at the theater that I'm at now. I mean, it's a stressful theater sometimes for dumb reasons sometimes, and you've seen how I manage my stress, but I've never gone out in public and gone off on some employee because I'm stressed out about my job. And so, 
I, I think people who use that as an excuse uh, should be ashamed of themselves, to be perfectly honest. But uh, so, have you have you personally? And if you don't want to talk about this, that's okay. But have you personally um, made mistakes when you're dealing with a Karen? Where you, when you, in retrospect, you go back, you look back on it, and you're like, hmm, yeah, I could have done better. Uh, no, I mean, uh, I've also been. Um, accused of being too soft like yourself sometimes but there there probably been a few times that i've recognized there's one where maybe um i still think that it was just a misunderstanding but there was a time where we had to cut off a guest because uh, she she was drunk mm -hmm. at that point and causing a scene um and so but when we when we cut her off that's what caused the scene and she was going wild claiming that um we were saying she was drunk, which she obviously was, and, and um, even though she only had one drink, she was claiming, oh, I only had one drink here, and I was like, yeah, well, you never know, like, we don't know what you, like, if you, if you uh, had any drinks before here, or that, you know, it might be mixed with any medication or anything like that, you know, because I had just taken a alcohol course, which talks about if you mix medication with with alcohol, yep. which I yep. should probably not have said that, um, but then now it became a, I accused her of being on drugs, yeah. um, and then her boyfriend chimed in saying I was racist when they <laughs> both looked Caucasian, um, so they, they were just very light-skinned of whatever ethnicity they truly were, um, uh, and it, yeah, it just blew up into an even bigger issue that we had to get security, and yeah. Alcohol issues can be the worst, man. Um, we've had some, just in recent history, had some pretty significant ones at my location where, you know, one of my managers got shoved into a wall, and then they tried to turn it all back on us saying, you know, we caused him, uh, what's the word, um, basically started having heart palpitations. He was starting to have all of this kind of anxiety because because of that heightened situation it's like well bro if you just followed our policies and our and the law none of this would have happened but because he got called out on on it um yeah. it, it really the whole situation really escalated way beyond what it needed to but yeah at one point he literally shoved gabe into the wall and uh i mean gabe certainly has a case to you know file charges he chose not to but but then they ultimately came back and are trying to get us to settle something with them and it's like man grow grow up like and my whole thing is like if you can't handle going two hours without a beer maybe there's bigger issues in your world you know yeah yeah um but that stuff it sucks because it's a situation where not only is it uh, a policy of ours to enforce uh, when it comes to alcohol but it's the law and people just don't seem to get that you know and it's harder for movie theaters i think to serve alcohol um, than it is whether it's an Applebee's or your local bar or whatever, because it's a new, it's still a relatively new concept for a lot of people, and some people aren't okay with it, and it's and it's really challenging for companies to get these alcohol, those these liquor licenses, and so we have a duty to protect them, and and, and customers just don't understand that. Yeah. So then they lose their mind over it. Over one over one drink, you know. Yeah. I think if yeah. you get that upset over a drink, then yeah, you need to step back and yeah. see what's really uh, controlling your life. But yeah, what are your priorities? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, I've been disappointed many times going places uh, where you know I thought that I knew that I could 
buy something this way or go do this and it you know i didn't read the fine print um and someone told me oh, i can't do that ah bummer okay mm-hmm. that sucks yeah mm-hmm. but you know i'm never it's that again that maybe that helicopter parenting or the the parenting where uh no doesn't always mean no um and people don't like hearing that you know, yeah people at this point in uh, in our society it just seems like no is not in people's vocabulary so, yeah yeah well and i think um people people can get embarrassed sometimes you know because they're not they're not really thinking about it or whatever like you i think you've been through some of my orientations where i'll literally tell employees during orientation um i'll say customers are stupid and I don't ever, it's not, it's more just to get a laugh and to get their attention because they're all like, oh my God, did he just say that? This is like our general manager. I don't even know this guy. Um, but it's really to illustrate the point of like, they, they're stupid because they're not coming here to really think. They're not coming here. They're coming here to escape. And mm-hmm. and that could be restaurants. That could be a lot of different places. Um, and just in general, I don't think people go anywhere really wanting to have to put a thought into anything. They're not going to read signs or anything. Like if I go to Lowe's, you know, if I'm looking for, I don't know, a hammer. I, I don't want to have to look very hard, and a lot of people just don't. And so, you know, they'll ask somebody before they really look around much and look at a sign, you know. And so then if they go, like, the, if they come to our theater, they're coming to have that experience and, and escape or whatever. As soon as they have to start thinking, that becomes a problem. And because they don't think, and we're kind of, we're there to do their thinking for them to a degree, you know, mm-hmm. and, and as soon as they're put in a position where they even remotely feel embarrassed because they missed something because they didn't read the, the alcohol policy or didn't listen, you know, because at every single transaction, while we're putting a wristband on them, we're explaining this alcohol policy, but they don't listen. It just goes in one ear out the other. So then when they get called out for something, they freak out because, because they weren't paying attention, you know? Yeah. So I think that's a big contributor to it. Um, oh, one of the things I wanted to talk about that's kind of been a, a theme as well is, um, do you, do you feel any kind of anxiety associated to, with dealing with like the really challenging customer service experiences? I think there, uh, I'm a pretty passive person, so I naturally have some anxiety dealing with those, uh, any, any any confrontation in my life, so especially when it comes to customer service uh, interactions, um, those caring situations. Um, for a while, I actually avoided um, those. I would like look around and wait for someone else to handle it. Uh, yeah. I think I had just been promoted to a management position. Um, we had a guest who we had to tell um, to. I, I don't remember exactly what it was. We they him and another guest were fighting. Uh, arguing inside the theater, and I, I had to go resolve that issue. But instead, I got one of the employees who had been passed up for the management position <laughs> um, to to basically help, and he ended up handling that whole situation. And I felt really, really guilty after that because it's like, why am I a manager? Um, and you're the one that just handled that situation very well, actually. Yeah. Um, and uh, uh, but. That now I just, you know, you got to, after that, you get that initial anxiety because you know that it's going to, it could turn into something that's much worse than it really is. Um, but you just have to take a deep breath and go, all right, maybe it'll be okay. Um, and, 
even if they're mad at me by the time they leave and I have to write an email later to explain to my boss why, you know, he's about to get a call or an email with this upside guess. That's just what it is. And you go out and you try and help them the best you can. Like, hi, how can I help you? Um, and usually um, when you go out with a smile, like be, it, a guest can tell if you're anxious. So I know if I'm, if I get rid of that anxiety, sometimes that'll help in my situation. How do you get rid of that anxiety? Uh, you just kind of have to force it out. You just have yeah. to tell yourself it's going to be better. Yeah. yeah. For yeah. me, at least. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, just cry. I just cry in my office. Yeah. No, cry for a little bit. Okay. <laughs> Wipe my mascara off. Okay. Let's go. Let's do it. No, I'll, I'll like, I'll literally, because I get the same way. I get really, really anxious about that kind of stuff. And it's usually just anticipatory. Once I'm in the moment, I'm much better um, but I'll do uh, I learned this thing called box breathing if you've ever heard of this before um, but where you you'll like breathe in for four seconds hold it for four seconds breathe out for four seconds hold that for four seconds breathe in for four and then you you do that you know five or six times and it's I learned it it was a, a Navy SEAL did a video about that um, and that's how like a lot of military will control them their emotions and their anxiety and stuff like that in such heightened situations so i started doing that and that helps a little bit because i get the same way i'll get i'll get a call you know hey fry there's a there's a customer out in the lobby that wants to talk to you and and you know as the general manager you know when they when you get that it's not usually a good thing yeah and so then i'm my colon like tightens up a little bit you know and i get <laughs> i get a knot in my stomach and i'm like oh no 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 like let somebody else deal with it you know <laughs> and but i can't i can't ignore it you know and uh but i was just talking to somebody uh just the other day and she was telling me the exact same thing where she she would prefer say hi to freezing Riley. my my so, son just walked into the room guys <laughs> Um, but yeah, she was telling me, um, that, uh, she'll get, she'll get a call and she'll, she'll want to make excuses for, you know, not going out there, you know, and her words, she was like, well, I got to put on my big girl panties and suck it up and go deal with it. And, and so that's what I do too. I put on my big girl panties and I go out there and, and I just, I just deal with it, but it's crazy. It. Yeah. yeah. But it's like at the end of the day, like, what do you think the worst could happen is going to be? Sort of right. Abe and getting shoved into a wall, but yeah, yeah. Well, only if you're as small as Gabe is, so <laughs> you get shoved into a wall. Uh, yeah, no, you just have to because when the the more you stress about it, the more you delay the inevitable. Um, the more you're just punishing yourself. Mm -hmm. um, worry, wor why worry? Worrying just makes makes you suffer now. Um, and, yeah. You know, in addition to later, if it is that bad, so. Yeah. Um, and that's what I just constantly tell myself that because naturally I do worry. Um, and so you just have to trick your brain into not thinking it's going to be a big deal. Yeah. yeah. Because uh, in the end, it's really not, um, even as an owner operator, like if you're, if it's your, you're like this, this guy who owns this pizzeria, you know, like. Uh, the worst that can happen where, you know, a customer tries to sue his building and this and that and because they're upset, you know, as long as you know you did everything the best you could, um, really there's probably not going to be this horrible uh, chain of events that's going to conspire. So mm -hmm. um, I think I think the customers, uh, where we're at right now, the customers believe that they have this 
ultimate power that they hold over um, uh, an employee, a manager, an operator, an owner. Um, really, uh, I don't think that's true. And it, it, to some to some extent, I mean, yes, it is the the guest who votes with their dollar whether or not you stay in business. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are the people who are that extreme. I think I don't think you want to come back. Yeah, um, that's a good point. And anyways, and there's probably plenty of other people. As long as if you're keeping those people away, they're probably willing to return because then they don't have to deal with those kinds of people that are obnoxious, you know. So, um, and people, there are people out there who like uh, policies, and that they know that every time they come in, that those policies are going to be upheld because there's probably they're probably there for a reason. Yeah, they're probably they're there to protect. Well, one, the owner, the operator, the manager, but also the guests, too. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, you know, if, like, for instance, you you hold a policy to limiting the number of drinks someone can have, you hold that policy because, so then the guests know when I come in, I'm not going to have to deal with a bunch of really drunk assholes. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's why I like going to that place, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, But then, you know, you go to a bar that does serve a ton of drinks, like, that's fine, but go then to that place yeah. um, and then let let that be the determining factor whether or not you stay in business or not but I think yeah yeah, yeah I, I've read you know customer service books that have chapters on firing your customers too you know those those repeat offenders the rude Karens of the world things like that they weren't referred to like that but you know what I mean um, where sometimes you just have to make that decision to fire them. The problem is, is, is at least in my position, and I know your boss too, um, I, you're not, you're not, you don't always have that power to really fire the customer. Like the, the, the directive from our, from above for us is to try to retain as many customers as possible. So it can be difficult to, um, to technically fire, fire a guest. Um, I will say I think some of my, my anxiety stems also from just what the, the re- repercussions could be if I don't handle a situation correctly. Um, you know, I, like I, I've said this many times, I, I love my boss. Um, I've had your boss as my boss before, and, and I think he's a great guy. Um, I think if anything, um, your, your boss, if, if anything, would just get annoyed if I don't handle a situa- didn't handle a situation correctly more than angry or or, you know, put me in a position where I could be uh, held accountable, like seriously accountable or whatever, other than just like a conversation. And certainly my boss wouldn't do that either. He He's, um, he's a little bit more uh, easygoing probably than yours uh, when it comes to just, what happened? Okay. Right. You know, um, like I remember a specific example of like we had, we had a guest where uh, this guy comes in. I had a manager in the box office uh, and you know, he walks up and he want, he has two young teenagers with him, and he's like, you know, th- uh, an adult and three two students for whatever movie, and she goes, oh, okay, well, do, you, do they have student IDs? And they present high school IDs, and uh, she's like, well, unfortunately, it's a college discount, not a not a student discount, and he snaps on her and wants an explanation. She, you know, she does her best to to explain it, but it's not going well. So then he gets pissed and he le- he leaves, and so they go up. And he goes, 
goes out the front door and she can see him walking past the windows. She can see him through the windows walking and he's on his phone and then the phone rings in the box office and she picks it up and it's him uh, demanding to talk to me. So I pick up the phone. He starts going off on me about uh, this policy. And so I do my best to try to explain why we have this policy, so on and so forth. And nothing I am saying is making this guy happy to the point where he files a complaint through the corporate office. So, of course, he gets kicked back to me. But it's like, look, man, I like I just dealt with him. He's not going to want to deal with me again. So I have to flip it over to, you know, uh, my boss. To which, to which I think he got really annoyed because I couldn't I couldn't resolve the issue and it's like bro I don't know what to tell you like once once you've already tried to resolve a situation if you can't make them happy it's not gonna like dealing with talking me to again him again is not is, gonna solve the issue if yeah. anything it's only gonna fur, further to to exacerbate the the issue so yeah so that can be that can be challenging I think um, sometimes but it is what it is so. Uh, well, cool, man. This is a, this is a fun fun conversation. We're coming up uh, on on just about an hour, so I figured we'll we'll wrap it up. Yeah. And, uh, I had a good time, man. I really appreciate you coming on here. Likewise, thank you for having me. Yeah, yeah. of course. We should uh, we should definitely try to do it again sometime. Yeah, I think there's a lot of a lot of good stuff to talk about here. Definitely. So, all right, man. Well, thanks again for coming on, and uh, and we'll chat again soon. All right. All right. Thanks, man. Bye. That's the podcast, folks. Please visit kiarpodcast.com. That's K-I-A-R podcast.com. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. New episodes are going to be posted weekly on kiarpodcast.com, Spotify, Apple, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. The views and opinions on this podcast are solely that of the guests and hosts and are not representative of any other organizations or individuals. If you or someone you know are interested in being a guest on Karen Isn't Always Right, please give us a visit at kiarpodcast.com and submit your interest on the Contact Us page as we'd love to have you. Thanks for joining us on Karen Isn't Always Right, and we'll see you next time. Bye.